Oh, hi, Jim. Hey, Ashley, you're here early. Do you even sleep last night? Not at all. I've been working all night to set up a new moped club. Um, what kind of club, Ashley? Well, you see, you join the club, pay your dues, and then you get two other people to join the club. They pay their dues to you and- Ashley, Ashley, this week's guest is the owner of MLM, Motion Left Mopeds, not multi-level marketing. Oh, um, I see. Uh, on a completely unrelated topic, would you like to help me sell these crates of knockoff carbs? Damn it, Ashley. Hi, this is Jim. And this is Ashley. And this is Second Chance, a moped podcast. Welcome, everybody, to to another episode of uh, Second Chance, a moped podcast. Hey, I didn't screw it up this time, Ashley. I'm kind of proud of myself. Oh, you got it. Hey, this is Jim. And I'm Ashley. And we have a very special guest with us tonight. Um, I'm, I always jokingly say I get into situations that I'm not qualified to be in, but and you know, whatever. So I'm gonna let our guest introduce himself. Hi, um, I'm Devin Beek. I am the founder of Motion Left Mopeds and co-founder of Janice Motorcycles. Welcome, Devin. Um, this is rad to have you on. Um, Thanks. I, and I feel lucky to have you on. So the kind of the format of this podcast that we went over a little bit um, is what happened, what it was like, and what it's like now. So why don't you tell us the very first memory you have of a moped? Like the first time, you, not necessarily jumping on riding, but the first time you remember seeing a moped. Sure. It was, well, growing up near Chicago, I'm in a little town. I grew up in a little town, uh, Elkhart, Indiana, which is about 100 miles east of Chicago. Awesome. But we used to go there all the time uh, with the family. And I remember we saw all these vintage uh, Lambrettas and the Vespas cruising around. As a younger kid, I thought those were the cool people, you know? <laughs> and so when I got a job and I had enough money to buy a vehicle, I remember looking up Vespas on eBay. Okay. Uh, me and my brother were looking them up and you know they're like $3,500, $4,000. And I thought, that's way out of my price range. Now, was not, these the scooter Vespas or the- Yeah, these are, these, no, these were the scooters. Okay. And so I remember we were looking at them and I thought, man, that kind of sucks. Like that squashes the dream. It's out of my price range. And then my brother pulled up a moped on the screen and he goes, hey, Devin, come here, take a look at this. And my actual words when I saw it were, that's the stupidest thing I've ever seen. I won't be caught, de <laughs> I won't be caught dead on one of those. And, um, you know, so I kind of walked away thinking like, what the hell is he thinking? Like, I don't want to ride those. And then he's like, come back, take a look at this one. And all of a sudden I got like captivated and this is all in one evening. And then we just went through eBay. We went through, you know, just Google and everything and started looking at all the images and all the manufacturers and different makes and models. And now, let me ask you this. I, yeah. I'll jump in. What year is this? Cause I try to do a oh, little yeah. bit of a time frame. That was 2000, I believe. Okay. Yes, that was 2000. But I remember just how quickly I became captivated with all the different varieties there were out there. And um, so we ended up buying a, a pair of them off of eBay. And okay. they were 12 hours each way. Uh, we traveled 12 hours each way into Iowa. And we bought a poop magnum and a, a lime green maxi. Neither of them ran. Now, of course. Yeah, of course. Yeah, right? But I think we overpaid for them. I think we paid like $350 for both of them or something. It was, it was a lot of money. It was too much money. But 
the weird, the, the, my, the moped moment that stands out for me was when we loaded them up in the truck. And I remember all I could do is just the whole time I wasn't driving was look back in the truck bed and stare at these things. And I became so captivated with them before I even wrote them. I just okay. completely fell in love with them before I even wrote them. And it's funny you mentioned Iowa because I've got a running bit now. I always have to mention like a big brother to me. His name's <laughs> Kevin. He went to he went to school. He's from Iowa, central middle of nowhere, Iowa, a town of 1,500 people. He, and he had more than one person verify this with me. 1,500 people goes, and he graduated in the mid 80s. He goes, there's probably three to 400 mopeds in their parking lot. And he goes, it was just yeah. nuts. So yeah. there's our tie into Iowa again. All right. <laughs> I believe it. Yeah, I was at a huge state for a lot of, for us finding a lot of mopeds over the years. Mm -hmm. So, so. So what I'm what I'm hearing was, hey, this scooter is really cool. It's three thousand dollars. What about this moped? That looks like shit. It's three hundred bucks. I. That's exactly it. That's exactly how it happened. So you and your brother um, got these got your mopeds. Um, you got them back to Elkhart, Indiana, and um, what what took you? To, what what was wrong with them? How long did it well, take you to actually get them running? I had the Magnum and my brother had the Maxi and he got the Maxi running and my Magnum, I couldn't get running. I, I didn't know. I've never been a mechanic at that point. I never okay. turned a wrench, did anything. Uh, I've always been very hands-on, but I've never done anything mechanical. And um, I remember we took it to a local moped um, shop about 40 minutes away called Bill's Michiana Moped. And he's kind of a local legend because uh, he ran a moped business until he died when he was like 86 or something. He just died a few years ago, actually. But um, I took it there. He gave it back and said, it has a back crankshaft on it. So I put it to the side and then I bought a Rosado, 1978 Rosado Califo Deluxe in New York. Sounds and it fancy. Had, oh, it was beautiful, beautiful Italian bike. Uh, and it still had the showroom tag on it. And it was really cool bike. And we drove all the way out to New York. We grabbed it and that was my first running moped that I owned. And, awesome. Yeah, and it went 18 miles per hour. I remember the first day we got it back to Elkhart, and we got started, put fresh gas in it, cleaned the carb. Um, that was the extent of all my mechanical ability at the time. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and I remember the first day I got it running, I drove it for eight hours straight. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that first 18, that first day yeah. of riding mopeds, like I totally remember my <laughs> mine was uh 2008 2009 up in northern Minnesota, and all I did was ride and ride and ride. ride. Yeah, it was a Fourth of July weekend. That was it. I didn't I didn't care how fast I was going. You know, I didn't even know what a power band was. I didn't know anything, and um, you know, so I was just enjoying riding and just fell in love with that feeling of going slow. Yep. You know, and just observing what's around me. And uh, it just very, very quickly, the passion just kept growing and growing. And my brother and I, shortly after that, we just kept buying more bikes. And we put, started putting flyers up in local grocery stores and laundromats. And we just realized that, boy, there's 50 mopeds just in our town here and that we could just buy. Yeah. How old so were we, you? I was, time. at the time, I was 18. Okay. So you yeah. and I are roughly in the same age group. And it's, okay. I, I always try to just tie numbers and people and faces <laughs> sure. and whatnot. Um, so you said you never were really mechanically inclined. I mean, that's I'm not putting words in your mouth, but um, what was a little bit of your girl, you know, just a quick 
two second summary like what was your upbringing like like you said you i grew up around a combination of used car salesmen and mechanics so like <laughs> i was always i was always around cars so what what was your family like life growing up yeah i as well actually my father was a used car salesman and i grew up around the the, the business the used car business and i got into detailing cars early and transporting cars and doing all that but growing up i mean it, i was always just the kid who ran around the neighborhood um i was never in the studies i was always just a person who wanted to get my hands on something so like anything i owned i would take apart uh mm -hmm. and modify it somehow uh, you know i went to montessori school when i was younger so that kind of uh, i think greatly influenced how i learned okay or accommodated very well how i learned absolutely yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, okay, you got your, your, you and your brother are buying bikes, you're getting them running, you, you had that great day. Um, what was like, since you're in manufacturing, I'm trying to progress this into like, what was the first time that you actually like said, you know what, I need to, what was your first aftermarket or modification you really made for a moped? Yeah. Uh, well, my brother, he was the person who, he was more technical and he's the guy who like reads everything before he is, you know, does it. And me, I'm just, I dive right in and that's how I learned was take everything apart. But he bought a 65 CC Polini cylinder for his Malaguti, which had a Marini M01 uh, engine on it. And I remember watching him do that and thinking, wow, that's like way over my head. I'll never be able to do that. And the bike was so cool, it went like 40 miles per hour and just zipped around. Oh, wow. And then after that, I remember I bought a bullet, a Tomos bullet. And I, <laughs> I, I took it down to a local muffler shop and I put it onto my Rosado Califo. I had them just cut and weld it on my Rosado Califo. And I remember instantly I gave it a power band. And then I was just like, holy crap, this is amazing. This bike just went from you know 18 miles per hour to 25 miles per hour. And it had a nice little power band. And then I just started experimenting with sprockets, bigger carburetors, drilling out the stock intake. So I really learned a lot of performance stuff on my Rosado, my first running bike. Okay. So you start doing that. You start making modifications. Um, what was It's you and your brother at this point. You're buying bikes. When, when was the first time you really kind of felt a moped scene happening around Elkhart, Indiana? Well, yeah, as we were buying bikes, we, we just were having so much fun that we started just saying to our friends, you know, hey, we'll get this bike running. We paid 75 bucks for it. We'll get it running. We'll give it to you for 75 bucks. And it just started happening with all of our friends that we were giving them such good deals on these cool vintage bikes that they couldn't say no. And very quickly, we had, all of a sudden, we had, you know, 15 of us uh, in a clubhouse. Uh, it was great. I mean, the moped scene was actually very strong for many years in Elkhart. And then in Goshen, when I moved to Goshen, it was pretty strong in Goshen as well. But uh, it just, it grew very organically and just grew one bike at a time. And it's always me and my brother finding a bike and then okay. selling it very cheaply to everybody. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's, that's so, that's rad. I mean, that's kind of just the whole, I mean, when I look at bikes today, I still think of, you know, bands and music in the punk rock scene how it's all kind of diy you know right it, it's, it goes back to that whole thing that i learned many years ago and i was a 
wash I was a really bad wrestler you know I was a good youth wrestler whatever <laughs> I had a co- I had a freestyle coach that always say if you don't like the things around you change the things around you and that's mm-hmm. kind of you know make it happen um so you're when when was your first we, we were talking with Simon the other week and he talked about like barbecues when did you kind of see a scene of mopeds are like you, you and your brother are kind of building this community around Elkhart a little bit. When did you see outside areas like growing up in, I'm not saying growing up, but like when do you see developing moped scenes happening in other areas, I guess is what my question is. Yeah. I don't really know timeline or time frame, but uh, I remember I, my brother and I, we discovered Moped Army and okay. it was in Kalamazoo, which is about yeah. an hour away from me. So, yep. so I remember we went up one night on the they did monday rides or Wednesday. i forget what what day they rode on but we went up there one day and we just joined them for the ride and it was probably one of the coolest experiences of my life to ride with you know 15 20 25 mopeds i just thought it was you know just absolute bliss it was perfect yeah i think simon mentioned something about some group from actually really close just south coming up and riding at one point that was probably us. Yeah, yeah. that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, that was probably us. And we would just go up there and that was like what we looked forward to every week. It was incredible. Um, and so then I went to my first barbecue. And I forget which one it was, uh, but I went by myself. And I remember Dan was really nice. Dan came up and uh, instantly remembered me from the, the couple of rides I've been on with them. And Simon and just a whole bunch of the Kalamazoo, the decons, they were extremely accommodating to me. and. Um, I just remember how, I don't know, once again, that feeling was so addictive about the community and the riding in groups. And I remember they had, uh, what they used to call it? They used to call, well, they had the no rules race, which was really, really popular for years. And then they <laughs> then they used to have it, I think they call it the monster race or something, but that was like all the souped up bikes. You oh, know, okay. that at the time we're going like 45 miles per hour. We thought it was insane. So, <laughs> um, but they used to have a speed race like that, short you know, drag race essentially. Oh wow! But the no, yeah. the no the no rules race. I remember this uh, one of the Kalamazoo girls, the decons. She just like grabbed me. She's like, "Follow me, let's go!" And I just followed her all over, and we were racing. Uh, are you guys familiar with the no rules race? I've heard bits and pieces, and I think it was on the Swarm and Destroy uh, video. Ashley actually is responsible for getting that on YouTube, and then oh, she yeah. decided to record it on the VHS. <laughs> Good call on that, Ashley. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but but back then the no, no rules race was like the race of the year you know everybody prepped their bikes for it and that's what you look forward to is the the barbecue kalamazoo and the no rules race okay but why why don't you tell us a little more about the no rules race because i mean like i said i've seen it but i don't know really much really much about it gosh i'm stretching my memory here but <laughs> if i remember right it was a bunch of stops that you had to go to and you had to pick up um a piece of paper or something saying you've been at that stop and you have to hit you know i don't know five or ten stops i whoever's listening to this i'm sure is, i'm butchering it but um and then it's just there's no rules and you um you grab something from every one of these locations and the first one back with all the the pieces of the paper wins and i remember yeah just how crazy it was and I'll, everybody would come back and they'd be so pumped full of adrenaline and you know, tell me all these stories about how they cut off the cars and cops were chasing them, and 
uh, people were getting hit, you know, yeah, by cars. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. they're going to happen. Uh, let me ask you this. What was the prize? Like, did win? Would they just win bragging rights or would they win? I think like, it was a trophy. I think there was a trophy that got passed on every year. Um, I don't know how much you're keeping up with the scene right now, but there's actually a guy out of um, Minneapolis named Jake Kane, well, well wizard on Instagram. Check him out. He's what I've known some really great manufacturers in my life when it comes to brakes, um, welding, CNC. Jake Kane is, yeah, Jake Kane is probably the best TIG welder I've ever seen. Like his, yeah, and he does trophies and art designs with TIG welding. Um, he's do, he just got done. I think he's finishing up or got done with um, the not the pinball run, but the I now see I'm trying to say a name about something and I screwed <laughs> it up. Um, but it's the it's the multi-state moped race that they start doing a few years ago. Um, I want to say the pinball run, but I know that I'm everybody's going to hate me and everybody's going to chastise me because <laughs> I don't remember a name. Oh no. Um, I'm muting. My mom's calling me, but guess what? Mom, we'll talk to you later. Um, <laughs> He's also the one that has the 25 horsepower, 70 mile an hour Tomos. Oh, I'm not, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm not familiar with that build. Oh, yeah, to yeah. Toby oh. on moped army. It's, it's like 25 pages of him oh, going yeah. through. You might enjoy how he put together his pipe. Okay, yeah, excellent. Is it a water-cooled setup? It no, is not. it's air-cooled. It's air really? Apple yeah, Jake. Uh, I'm not sure exactly what it... Ashley's saying right around 30, but, like, he's he was clocked a uh, legitimate GPS on a City Street 67 on a Tomos, on a Pretty 70cc good. kit. Um, That's pretty good. I don't know yeah. if he's still using the vintage Moby frame or not, but he twisted the frame. <laughs> oh, wow. That's yeah. impressive. <laughs> um, but since we're talking about pipes a little bit and manufacturing a little bit, um, we're going to kind of jump into the center part of your story. Maybe okay. it's the center. Maybe it's the middle. I don't know. I'm just assuming. <laughs> um, at what point did you decide to start making parts are like what was the evolution of that where you know i talked a little bit about performance and we brought up pipes and like at what point did you decide like i need to make this because i can't get what i want that is a like, really big step most people go from <laughs> you know most people step. don't go from hey i like riding to this is a business now <laughs> well we, we can uh, i can segue into that um I, I think I have to give you a little bit of a backstory about how I got into pipes though, but it was, you know, for, for years, motion left mopeds, I was just making custom bikes. So I was doing repairs and refurbishing bikes, restoring them. And then I got into customizing them and the customizing got, uh, it was basically me and Motomatic from, um, they were in Sacramento, California, and we were the only two doing really high end builds. And we really appreciate each other's work. And we talked all the time. Um, but the, the builds were getting, I mean, I basically had a backlog of very high-end builds that we were doing for uh, some celebrities, some very wealthy people in Chicago, and the builds were getting out of control with the, what people are wanting out of them. Um, so that's actually how I met my business partner for Janice was um, he came into the shop and 
we somehow we end up working together on doing a bunch of custom bikes for to fulfill my backlog of orders. But uh, in 2008, it was yeah, and you know the economy took a dump and nobody was spending you know money on custom mopeds anymore. And so overnight, I had to figure out what I was going to do with my business, and. I decided I want to make exhaust pipes because already I was doing, I was racing the mopeds. I was known for uh, the reliability and the speed of the bikes that I was building. And so the next step was, well, just I'll start making my own parts. And so overnight I was welding together, cutting cones and welding together exhaust pipes without even knowing how they worked really. And I remember I had really amazing success with my first exhaust pipe just from guessing uh, and hammering. I remember my very first exhaust pipe, I just like, I jigsawed, used a Black & Decker jigsaw and cut it out of sheet metal, the cones, <laughs> and just, I remember putting handlebars in a vise and hammering cones over that. That's, that's awesome. Yeah, and it was, I mean, it was crude, it was really crude. I didn't know what the heck I was doing. And um, I remember welding the pipes together and it just worked so well that I was thinking, well, this is great, this is what I wanna do. And so overnight, literally, I jumped into making exhaust pipes and I called, the first thing I did was I called the guys at Motomatic who were making the Destroyer. Um, I'm, sure, I'm not sure if you guys are aware of Motomatic and the, the exhaust pipes they made. Little before I, my time. Little yeah. before, and like I said, like I said, this is kind of for the new mopeder, but I've heard of Motomatic, I've seen the rear pulleys, like I haven't seen a lot of their stuff. I would like to get some of their stuff at some point, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're 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 amazing. They're, they're such an important piece of at least this part of moped history, because uh, they were the first ones really making high end exhaust pipes and taking exhaust pipes to the next level. So when I decided, and like I said, I, I was good friends with them already at this point. So when I decided to make exhaust pipes, the first thing I did was called them up, and I remember Mike Rafter. Um, I spoke to him. He was part of Motomatic, and I just said, "Hey, I'm thinking about making exhaust pipes. How do you feel about that?" He's like, "This is awesome, man." He's like. We welcome the competition and we want to support your business. So absolutely. That's awesome. That makes me happy when I hear people like try to support each other because this is such a weird niche community <laughs> anyway. So like yeah. let's all let's all like let's not be jerks. Let's all support each other and let's yeah, let the best products come out, let the best ideas come out and yeah. Yeah, it was it was incredible. So uh with that, I remember I, I bought a cone program and I bought a, 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 a exhaust chamber calculator. And the first pipe I made was, uh, it was for a Poop Polini 64cc kit. And Poop Polinis were one of the engines I was known for. I, I built probably well over a hundred of those motors at the time. And um, so I made an exhaust pipe for that motor I calculated, I forget what the RPM was, but I named it the Revron. And that was my first production exhaust pipe, the Revron. And I took it down to Louisville with the Bourbon Bandits and we, we tested a bunch of pipes down there and we tested the Revron. And one guy, oh, I forget his name. It wasn't Nate Bandit, it was another guy. Uh, but he had a 15 bean Polini and we put it on there and he got like 57 miles per hour out of it. And then we re-geared and he got, he, he got over 65 miles per hour Holy on a 15 being, and it was just from this exhaust. I can tell that's that's moving like i've hit 55 on a moped and that's a hobbit and i mean like (laughs) that's good enough dude like i've 
I, you know, I've gone fast. I've gone faster than the other vehicles, but like 55 on a Hobbit, I'm good. Like, oh, you guys yeah. are so much braver than me. Yeah. Well, back then, I mean, like, there was a period of time where, like, everybody was going after the 70 mile per goal. Okay. Uh, that was the speed. And um, I think everything's toned down a little bit. So, you know, I'm not sure. I've got a little out of the loop with the moped culture now, but um, I know I've toned all my builds down. Like, I just want, like, a reliable 55 blast up to it keep my head temps down there's still that niche of guys that want that fast ripper and yeah in, in their club or at rallies and stuff like that and like for me being a i jokingly say i'm a washed up never was go-kart racer and there's still that <laughs> itch in me that wants to go fast and wants to lead but then there's that left leg that i shattered a couple years ago and said like oh, no, no jim we don't need to do that <laughs> that will win out 99 percent of the time but no that's that's really rad um yeah just sorry for interrupting i do that yeah, no problem and then there's me who like 55 is insane if i can hit 42 <laughs> like 42 is a sweet spot for me in the middle of minneapolis Oh, absolutely. Like my yeah, butthole think, puckers 40, at 45. <laughs> like, uh, nope. Yeah, I think 40 for me is like, like the magic number where you can have a little bit of that, you know, exhilarating experience of speed on a moped, but it's still reliable and you're, you're, you're going slow enough that you're not, you know, having to pay attention to head temperatures. And if you're going to seize your motor or, um, yeah, it, I, I really miss the days when I just hopped on a moped and rode it just an enjoyment of it being a moped not for pushing it to its you know its, its limits of horsepower and speed yeah yeah i can hear you i i can identify with that and i hear ashley as well like that that's all i want or need anymore is like 40 to 45 mile an hour somewhere in there moped that you know accelerates good enough to like cars aren't passing me and i'm a danger to traffic and that, like, I still get that rush on a good corner where I'm going around the lake. Yeah. Um, no, you, you, you take the lead, sir. I'm yeah. interrupting you. So I made my, 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 the first pipe was the Revron. And then I made a pipe called the Cali pipe, also for the Pook Polini kit. And it was just a more broad power band with a higher, uh, it starts to hit a higher RPM. And I had really good success with both those pipes. And I was starting to, you know, I couldn't keep up with the orders. And I remember I, at that, when I first started doing exhaust pipes, I was still cutting them out with the, the same Black & Decker jigsaw. Actually, it was it was a new one. It was a new one every week that I would turn up. <laughs> and I would take back to the hardware store because, you know, I had a warranty on it. And nice. I would be at the hardware store every week. And I would get, I remember I'd drive half an hour away and pick up a four by eight sheet of 18-gauge uh, steel. And... Nice put it on the top of my Volvo and drive back to my shop, unload it and just start tracing cardboard patterns. That makes um, me so of happy. My, of, of my cones. And I would just sit there and jigsaw it and jigsaw it and sand each one on a belt sander and then form the cones, weld them. How are you welding them at this point? Are you taking it? Are you? So, yeah. Uh, so and when I first got started, everything was, I had a crappy Harbor Freight uh, flux core MIG welder. And mm -hmm. I would, I would tack everything and then I would actually take it to a welder and he would grind off all my tacks because <laughs> to to take weld over a flux core is just it's a nightmare yeah it just contaminates the weld yep. yeah and so I would go you know about 20 miles down the road and 
meet with this guy and he was just a, uh, a welder for 30 years, retired, and he just loved what I was doing. Because I would spend all my days cutting cones and forming them and tacking them. And uh, that, I ran those two pipes for a long time and then I got into developing, well, I shouldn't say a long time, it was probably only maybe a year at the most before mm -hmm. I started developing my own pipes. But okay. those two pipes were the only pipes I ever ran through a pipe calculator. Oh, and, yeah. and you know, it spit out the formula for me. After that, I would, from what I've learned from making pipes at that point, I would sit down and draw out pipes just out of feel and just intuition. And I would draw them out and then I would actually make them. And I would make, say, 10 pipes. If I wanted to come up with a new pipe for, say, a gila, a poop gila, kit yep. i would come up with like 10 10 new pipe designs i would actually make them test them out find out which of the two or three that i like the best come up with revisions of that those and then i would make those and just keep whittling it down and do how, how are you testing prototype. them were you so, just getting on a bike and riding them or were you putting them on a dyno or uh i only dynoed a bike once in in my moped career and that's my race bike with a, a gila and one of my pipes and i end up getting 78 miles per hour on the dyno keep in mind with yeah. 14 horsepower and it was 14 and a half thousand rpms yeah um yeah. i could yeah when i was racing go-karts i saw the i'm really dumb when it comes to brands of two cycle motors but there's a made there's a motor builder out of henderson nebraska named kermit buller and i was factory backed by buller carts and the guy who he did had all the street racing stuff he had a dino motor they called it it was a two cycle i think it was a reed motor 100 cc uh in the open class he had kermit dino that at 30 horsepower jeez yeah and those two like ray forsyth um was he was all that is man you know ray was my <laughs> ray ray was my hero after my dad passed away like he was a retired carpenter slash real estate agent and ray taught me how to drink coffee at 14 years old because i was <laughs> i was racing go-karts and we we're leaving for an indoor race and i was thirsty it was like four in the morning and ray had a <laughs> ray had a dually truck with a trailer and like we're an hour down the road and ray's thing was i'm making time to the race and i go ray <laughs> can i get something to drink he gave me a coffee he poured it out in a cup he had i go and i had coffee once or twice in my life and Ray goes, I go to Ray, well, you got a cream or sugar? In foresight, Ray just looks right at me, goes, little girls use cream and sugar. <laughs> <laughs> so like, and he's the one who taught me about two cycle stuff, the little bit I do remember. So like, I that always has stuck with me, that 30 horsepower out of a 100cc motor. That's and impressive. they, yeah, like for DT100 Yamahas, they were, clutches were engaging at like 15,000 RPMs. And they had like, Quincy in the park I, I talked to you briefly the other day about we it was called it was one of the biggest street races in America I got on a two cycle for the very first time and I wasn't getting any lap times and they'd be they'd ask me to go Jim what the heck's going on I'm like well it's running like 14,000 rpms and they're like because I was racing four cycle at the time <laughs> oh, and, oh. Kerm, and Kermit goes Jim that clutch doesn't engage to like 16,000 <laughs> And then I just, you know, I just opened her up in like 21, 22,000 RPMs on a 100cc Yamaha motor was just wow. absolutely insane. Yeah, that's intense. Yeah. That's awesome. 
<laughs> but anyways, <laughs> back to you and me fucking talking about myself again. That was great. <laughs> um, so you're di- you're you, you're building pipes. Yeah. Um, this is what like what time frame are we in now? You said you had the recession hit. You start had to kind of look at different avenues for income. Yeah. Um, last we hit was like 2008 ish. Yeah. Like, so this is probably right after that. I mean, 2009, 2010 probably is when I was in full swing making exhaust pipes. Okay. Um, you know, I came up with, I, st- I started to find a niche that everybody wants a different style of power band. And so I started just come up with pipes that met people's needs. If they, the one thing I never did really was make a low, um, like a, a pipe that hits at low RPMs. I've never made like a circuit style pipe or anything like that. All mine have been mid-range to higher up in the, the RPM range that the power band hits. But people wanted all these variations and also people wanted stuff that bolted right up. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there was a lot of Hukilas being used, uh, the 74cc kit and different cylinders. So I started making pipes that would work best for each of those cylinders and engine needs or engine layouts, configurations, and then also specific to each model. So if you had a Magnum, you could buy a Magnum pipe that bolted right up to a Poop Gila, or if you had a Maxi or you know a Free Spirit or whatever it was, I would make a pipe for that. And it, it, everything at that, at that point was still one-off. I was actually had you know 100 mopeds in my shop, and I, if somebody needed a Magnum with that engine configuration, I would actually bolt that cylinder onto some cases, mock it up. I do a full mock-up on that frame and the engine configuration. And um, so I didn't have any tooling. It was just one off at the time. Oh, wow. And wow. Then, then I started to get into tooling when, you know, people, when I realized that I could actually start selling more and more of these. And so I started to tool pipes and that, you know, of course made production go much, much faster. And I was able to grow the product products. And when I, Geez, I'm gonna try and give you some sort of timeline. It was probably 2010 that I went from like seven products to about 250 Holy in, cow. in a matter of 12 to 18 months. And that's yeah. all I was doing was just prototyping, developing intakes, seats, handlebars, um, and mainly pipes. Okay. No, yeah. that's that's rad. And were you just selling these all out of your shop at this point? I had, what point did you did you look for? Was it people calling up? Or how's distribution handled at that point? I mean, it was all just people calling up. Uh, okay. I'm not a techie person at all. I try and stay away from that stuff. And mm-hmm. um, <laughs> silly, but I do. Um, and it was just people from Moped Army. And also when I go to rallies, I would just take a whole. I remember just before I'd go to a rally, because I used to go to you know rallies every other weekend, I would just like roll up a bunch of exhaust pipes and blankets, like shipping blankets. And I'd yeah. show up to, to a rally and just unroll them. And like, <laughs> you know, uh, it was pretty awesome because everybody would just show up and, and gather around the pipes and uh, buy what they wanted for their bike and what I had. And that's, that's awesome. that was, that's the, that's the early days. Um, and then of course I got into, um, using a, a nearby manufacturer to help me produce these quicker okay okay yeah um you let's circle back here a little bit you talk about ma and you talk about going to rallies were you ever in a moped club or moped gang 
Oh yeah. Uh, so Motion Left was the name of our moped gang, our, oh, our okay. branch, our branch of Moped Army. Oh, yeah. I never. I think now that you say that, I think I might have known that, but like I probably didn't remember it. Uh, no, that's um, that's rad. Um, at what point did you guys kind of bow out of the Moped Army, as in being a club? Because yeah. That's a, that's, uh, once again, my timelines aren't going to be right, but. No, was, that's fine. I mean, this is all memory and this is just me being a moped nerd <laughs> trying to learn about the history and like. Yeah, we had a great moped culture for a long time and I was always captain. Um, at this point, my brother, he backed out of mopeds or he did it just on his own. He didn't want to be affiliated with clubs and stuff like that because the whole moped scene was changing rapidly and it, uh, not in a way that he really liked it. So. He just started doing mopeds on his own uh, own time, but Mo Motion Left, the branch, boy, that had, we were we were quite a big group at one point, um, and of course I always used. It started out as the clubhouse. We had a clubhouse that for the branch, and then it turned into my moped shop. And so after that, I just always used the moped shop as the clubhouse, which is very convenient because all the tools and workbenches, all the moped yeah. parts, everything was there, yeah. and we would ride every Wednesday. But uh, that, when I moved, when I moved to Goshen, I had my moped shop here in Goshen for, boy, a few years uh, as a physical shop that, you know, people still buy the, the mopeds out of. Yep. Um, boy, really stretching here <laughs> um, to remember what happened. But it just, I, as I started focusing more on Janus, yeah. Uh, my new company, I started that in 2011. Uh, I, the, my moped shop slowly started to become more motorcycle based. Okay. Um, yeah. Which is understandable, especially if you're trying to make a living off this. Like, people are going to spend more on motorcycles and mopeds, and that's just right. the reality of it. I mean, I love both. I love a good, I love old bikes whether yeah. it be um, motorcycles or mopeds. Like, I just like old bikes. Same, same, yep. And uh, you know, at this point I was, I spent so many years in front of the buffing wheel and wrenching and, you know, restoring the bikes and fixing them that I wanted to focus on Janus, but still focus on the manufacturing part of motion left mopeds. So okay. I think at that time is when the branch started to get a little um, less tight. Uh, so to speak, and um, I don't really know exactly what happened. I think I kind of bowed out, and some you know other people stepped in as captain. And but uh, yeah, at some point I made the decision to to focus on on my new company at the time because Motion Left Mopeds was going so well as far as the manufacturing go. It was going uh, that I just wanted to focus on giving people what they really wanted, and it was amazing, you know. I can make so many intakes and like I was talking about so many configurations of parts to meet people's needs and that's what that was my new passion in the company was just making parts how did you come up with the name motion left so uh, I did not come up with it when we when we were a moped gang without a name back in the day I remember one of our members he was like hey I was sitting on the toilet last night <laughs> and I came up with motion left and he drew this little guy you know with a helmet on and he was just motioning left and he showed it to us the next day and we thought that's a great name you know like let's no, let's go for it yeah, yeah that's right like yeah yeah, yeah um, and oh go ahead 
No, I was thinking like motion left because again, I jokingly say you can make fun of me all you want. I love to watch cars turn left. Like I raced circle tracks <laughs> for years. Like, uh, you know what? I make fun of me. I don't care. I like cars <laughs> turning left, whether it's on asphalt or dirt. I love it all. So like, I'm like, God, why did they, were they racing? And I wanted to come back, circle back a little bit. You talked about um, moped racing and I've heard yeah. whispers of the Pelini cup maybe years and years ago or like what educate me the novice um about early days of moped racing was there any real organization or yeah there was um the ohio ysr league and um they i forget who it was that set it up it might have been dan castner uh i forget who set it up but they opened up to a moped class and so i built uh a I think it was a maxi a maxi n maybe i built a maxi n with a 70 cc athena revelt kit and i went out there i borrowed borrowed some leathers and it was probably like 10 of us that just met up like random mopeders mm-hmm. and uh we just meet up and we'd race and the race was you know it was exhilarating it was like maybe 50 mile per hour bikes yeah. i remember one guy showed up with a oh gosh he was a professor from st louis but he showed up with a hundred was it 100 cc Grande, Vespa Grande, and like okay. the clutches kept exploding, and uh, <laughs> you know it, it was amazing. It was an amazing time because uh, there's there wasn't a whole lot of aftermarket parts. Oh, and uh, Chris Chris Hubner Hubner from Moped Warehouse, I was like one of the big suppliers of moped parts uh, for years before '77, before Treats, uh, and he used to race too. And so I remember he would show up to the race with like a trunk full of bullets by turbos leo vinci pipes and all this stuff and everybody's you know, making the mad dash to try to make yeah. deals with them to buy it yeah. at that point and like it was yeah, awesome. dude yeah because he was like the guy to get the goods from you know at the time awesome so. awesome um so we hit on you know racing we hit on ma your experience with ma um a little bit of kind of the middle part of your moped career so i feel I feel like there's a million and one questions I want to ask and I want to make this longer, but like, whatever, we're just kind of going with what it is. Yeah, um, go for it. What we'll, we'll, we'll talk about like what it's like today now, I guess, unless Ashley, are you trying to chime in? I think my connection's a little sketchy. Nope. This is going good. Okay. Yeah. I'm just um, enjoying the ride. <laughs> <laughs> so what is, what is mopeds like for you today? Like what's your day-to-day, I mean, obviously between Janice, am I pronouncing that right, Janice? Yeah. Okay, Janice Motorcycles and uh, Motion Left. Obviously you're dealing with mopeds in one form or another every day, but what is your daily, weekly, monthly moped riding experience? Like what's your your average, what's your life like today? Yeah, so I mean, with mopeds in particular, I am always developing new parts. I still am always uh, at my fabrication shop developing exhaust and new products um, every every single week. And so that's, that's probably my biggest connection to mopeds right now. Um, and riding them, I still wrench on them all the time today. I was well, it's a up. moped. No matter how good you are, they're going to break down. Like, <laughs> I don't care. Yeah. I, I, you know, we are twisting these things beyond their max times two. Like, yeah. it's that thing. These things were meant to go 20, 25 mile an hour. 
we're going 40 45 you know it's that whole written rule the faster you go the less reliable things are that's right um and so like today i was working on my my maxi with a gila kit on it water-cooled head um and i was putting a, a 12 volt battery four pound lead acid battery on it with a key ignition and so you can actually just walk up turn the key on the lights come on and then you kick start it and you're off um, so it's the ignition switch, or I guess, yeah, the kill switch, the ignition, ignition switch, and it also operates the battery uh, or the lights, the key switch does. So that was pretty fun. And it was just uh, it's been a build that I've had around for maybe four years, and it's just my ripper. You know, it's loud. It's crazy fast. <laughs> I just put one of uh, – I swapped out pipes on it uh, to a G104, which is the first pipe that I designed for the Gila. Okay. And it's one of my favorites. So it's just this massive. The 104 stands for 104 millimeters uh, oh, wow. in diameter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a that's a big boy pipe there. Yeah, because at uh at the time, Motomatic was making the Destroyer, and the Destroyer was like the pipe everybody wanted, and there's this massive chamber, and I wanted to one up them, and so I made it like <laughs> four. I made like four millimeters larger than them, and. Uh, it's a really sick pipe. That's the pipe I used to race with. That's the pipe that I would take the rallies and like, you know, try and try and beat everybody at the rallies. So, so be I'm a Honda guy, and like yeah. I've said in a few different, and I don't know if they where I've said it or whatnot. I got into Hondas because of Jeremy McGrath and motocross around '97. Oh yeah, he was just eating everybody up. So like, that's how I got when I got my Hobbits. Like I've been sticking with. I'm branching out into other. Um, mopeds like that's all i look for is honda pipes but with your pipe you're just describing is that still available through you or is that it, kind of a i brought that pipe back uh and i uh uh treats now off that pipe so some of my favorite pipes like the rev run my very first pipe that's still an incredible pipe i actually discontinued that pipe um i don't exactly know why but uh I did, and we, I think about bringing. Now it you're back gonna get like a hundred emails, like, hey, oh, "Dude, why are you talking about these pipes? <laughs> we weren't around. Why don't you bring them back?" Oh, it's awesome when they pop up now. People are, you know, like grabbing them, um, just because there was probably there maybe as a hundred of them out there. Um, oh, wow, at the most, at the most, and they're just really, really cool uh, power bands on them. So um, I see, I see the pen in your hand. Maybe you're remembering this stuff. Like I gotta bring that. <laughs> make a note. I've actually had plans to do it for a long time. Um, my last batch I did was, oh, geez, it was a long time ago. But, you know, I kind of, in my mind, I kind of thought the Cali pipe was a more versatile pipe that would meet people's needs because the, the Rev Run had such a intense power band, but it was like a hit and quit power band. Mm -hmm. And if you didn't have really tall gearing, it would actually, you would just basically go through the power band in a matter of seconds. But if you had tall gearing, you'd stretch out this really high horsepower power band into a nice broad power band. But the Cali pipe kind of did all that um, in any gearing configuration. So that's, I think that's, I'm remembering now that that's why I kind of put the rev run to, you know, put it to rest and just focused on the, the Cali pipe as a replacement. Awesome. No, but no, yeah, I, I, the G104, you can, you can get that at Treatland. And I, you know, everybody loves treats and dose, you know, they're, they're the suppliers we all love. And, you know, that's kind of been my experience. I've done a lot of business with treats and for an idiot who doesn't know what he's ordering half the time and needs to combine <laughs> like 
30 minutes later, I gotta add more in. And they've always been so super rad and so super, super nice to me. Like I can't say a night and same with those. Like I met, I met Blake and those guys down at the Tampa rally this year. And again, really nice people. Yeah. And that's, and just, just like yourself, like I can honestly say I haven't met an absolute jerk in mopeds. Like maybe I'm just, maybe I just came in at the right time or whatever, because I hear whispers of, and especially with one person who I'm friends with in the Metro, like I hear this, I hear stories. And of course. I don't, I don't believe stories. Like I believe how people treat me. And that's what I always say to people. Like, yeah, I was, I was raised to, you know, treat people as they treated you. Um, so I'm gonna, I, I didn't prep you for this question. We did kind of talk a little bit before, but I'm gonna, and this is fun. So this is second chance mopeds. I believe in always giving people are people a second chance or if I could have that back, I'd like a second chance at that. If looking back throughout your moped career, is there an instance or, I mean, maybe we just talked about it with a pipe that you want to give that a second life. Is there something you'd like to maybe say, you know what, I'd like to, I'd get our, I'd like to give that a second chance or I have given that a second chance and this worked out for the best and you can have Boy, fun with it. Yeah. I, I know I threw like 35 big, different big scenarios question. out yeah. there and you can have fun with it and, or you can just say like, I'll give you a cheater. Um, I had Ashley and Thomas on for Moped Monday and Ashley said, no, I wouldn't get, you know, I wouldn't change anything. And I, and I'm kind of in that boat as well to a point but there's a few things where i probably shouldn't have said that at that moment <laughs> yeah I, I think there's there's nothing i would really change or or regret i mean like the moped community to me was my it was my family for many years you know 10 plus years and like you're saying um the vast majority of the people in the moped community are just incredible people so i've made just, i've had nothing but good times and made good friends throughout the entire journey of it and yeah, the people at Treatland have always been just absolutely downright incredible. And in fact, I don't know if I would survive as a company if they didn't take such good care of me, uh, especially in the early days. Um, they used to send me out parts when I couldn't afford parts and they would just say, you know, pay me when you can get them and when you, you know, when you pay us back. And you know, that's, but that, it's that kind of support system that you just don't find in, in the world anymore. And um, Benji and everybody at Treats was able to just I don't know. So I, I'm forever humble to and thankful for all the people in the moped community that I've met over the years. And uh, some of them continue to support me and my, my, you know, in Janice and they've bought bikes for me and uh, Janice motorcycles and stuff. So mm -hmm. it's been really, it's been cool. So yeah, looking back, I don't think there's a single thing I would change. Um, I mean, there was a couple of rallies. That I think I probably would have, uh, done some of the things or uh rode in a style that i rode in you know because <laughs> I, I used to you know surf on the bikes and uh, hey man yeah it's, we're, we're all young at one point so <laughs> i heard i heard you say rally do you plan and with with what's going on in the world we don't know what's going to happen but say in the next 30 to 60 days things clear up and we can all safely be together again um are you thinking about hitting any moped rallies this year? Are, you know, I know, I know you're a busy guy. You're a busy businessman. Yeah. Um, you're pulled in a thousand different directions. 
But was there any plans before all this to maybe sneak in a Chicago or something like that? Because honestly, I mean, I'm still new to mopeds and I think there, I want to believe there's a resurgence coming to mopeds. Mm -hmm. And if it, if you would have walked into like uh, a rally, I would have never known who you were. Yeah. Which is awesome. (laughs) Um, But every year I tell myself, I'm going to go to a couple moped rallies, at least one Mm -hmm. and just make new friends and see what the scene looks like. But honestly, I just get so busy that um, it's just not even a thing. Now we're throwing our own rallies at Janus, you know, and everybody's on, you know, it's kind of cool. I'm taking all my rally experience from mopeds and, and transfer it over to our own culture of our own vehicles that we manufacture. Yeah. So that's really, that's pretty, pretty amazing. But as far as moped rallies go, I really want to hit up a couple. I mean, Chicago is one of my favorite places to ride. Also with Grand Rapids. Yeah. Um, yeah those are some of my favorite places period to ride or just to be um so I, i'll try to make a couple this year because I, I mean i have plenty of mopeds and i want to <laughs> get out there and and just rip around and i think it'd be awesome to show up and just be a nobody um yeah i, I think it'd be great yeah um no that was that's all i can ask for um well you know, it was rad having you on. And maybe if uh, I, Ashley and I are jokingly saying we're doing four. So maybe if we <laughs> actually do four more, we'll get you on another time. Who knows? Um, yeah, that's awesome. I want, I want to thank you so much for your time and trusting a ignorant kid from Southern Minnesota to talk mopeds with that you'd never heard of and never knew anything about and trusted me to give you a platform to kind of talking about your moped story and motion left yeah absolutely this has been a blast i appreciate you uh giving me a chance to talk about my mopeds and moped history yeah it's it's nice to finally put a face to the the uh pipe that i have been ripping apart my motobicanes with oh really yeah (laughs) that's awesome uh some really good design choices there i'm not sure how 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 uh, central you still are with that leg of the company uh focusing on Janus but i think you guys knocked it out of the park with that with oh, the uh, the the semi detached silencer <laughs> thank you yeah i mean like i said uh i do i still do all the mlm uh design i do all the tooling all the development for every single mlm part oh man uh, yeah, <laughs> for the for the Moby pipe, I've yet to break one of the break the spring holding the silencer on, but <laughs> and like I thought right away, um, it was it was just gonna snap because it vibrates like four inches back and forth, <laughs> and with the yeah. the Doppler pipes and stuff, those springs shatter right away. Yeah. And I've yet to, the only thing it's done is burn a hole in the bottom of my saddlebag, but that's because I did <laughs> not put it together right. Yeah. I did not put it together well. I will um, take blame for that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I never... absolutely love it. And that was my first introduction to MLM pipes. Uh, oh, geez. that's so cool. The, the uh, big fat welds on there and the, the not tissue paper thin um, sheet metal 
all the way around. Yeah. I see so many pipes that have um, uh, just very thin supports where it bolts up to the frame. Yep. And it's like double thick on there. So thank you from from a fan. Thank you for making a <laughs> pipe that doesn't suck. Oh, you're very welcome. Thank you. Thank you for supporting MLM. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And thank you for making your intakes for hobbits too. I, I use them a lot. So those are the hardest damn intakes to make. Well, <laughs> yeah, I and know it. I, I will be the first one to, I use your VM 20 intake that just bolts onto the stock, uh, re oh, yeah. reads. And, yeah. um, I made a mistake when I first got it. I had worn out factory shocks and I bottomed out once and I'm like, Oh, I'm not bottoming out on my tire. I'm bottoming out on that on intake. intake. I better fix that before I do damage. And <laughs> yeah. So if anybody listens to this who is totally new to mopeds like I was, um, make sure you have good shocks on your Hobbit before you put on an intake because it will yes. save you a lot of issues. Um, yes. But you know what? You got to break stuff to learn, and you got to learn to break stuff. So, <laughs> Do you I have a website? that you sell things through for the moped side of things or is Treatland your, your public face? Yeah, I work exclusively with Treat. So everything I make only goes to Treats. I don't do any private sales or anything like that. Beautiful. Uh, like I said, yeah, everybody at Treats is just, you know, they're so wonderful to work with that. That's the place I decided to sell my product to. Yeah, they are like, like I, my experience and I'm pretty sure Ashley's is and 99.79% of all mopeders like treats have been really good. And I can say my business I've done with dose has been really excellent as well. And that's just, you know, not trying to shell for anybody because we're not getting paid by anybody and we don't want to be because you <laughs> right. don't want to pay us because we don't know what we're doing. Uh, but again, Devin, uh, I want to thank you very much for your time um and yeah uh nothing but the best of luck with everything going forward and hopefully you bring back some of those pipes we were talking about i just might i think i might have to now yeah <laughs> all right devin uh all thank right. you very much we'll talk to you later yeah i appreciate it from both of you guys thank you bye-bye yeah, yeah. yeah. all, right, all, right, all right ashley that was a, a fun little start that was awesome it's always good to hear about how these major players come along and where they started and how like you, you never they always make it sound easy like oh yeah i just started making pipes and then money but you know money and and success but it's it's definitely not like that and i i love that these people are are still getting out there still um trying new things starting new ventures and just jumping in with both feet like that he obviously had talent and ability on top of of sales ability uh so it's really cool to to pick the brain of of someone like that yeah um i like to get the story from the horse's mouth that's you know that's some reason why i want i wanted to get Devin on i reached out to him god about six weeks ago and like it was a yes that I was uh I got sick and I was just like uh oh and then he's like no 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 I'll come on don't worry don't worry don't worry I'm like all right um but no that was a fun that was a fun little show we did tonight it's getting to be about that time though Ashley um yeah. I will have to say this let's not forget 
Mopeds are dumb. Mopeds are dumb. Ashley, Ashley, <laughs> that's the that's the wrong hustle. We're talking to MLM this week. Yes, multi-level. <laughs> yes, multi-level yes. mopeds.